0: Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland International and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT, And we're going to be joined by Perpignan and Italy fly-half Tommaso Allen shortly as well to chat about the World Cup, top 14, loads of other stuff. And of course, we'll be discussing the opening weekend of the Champions Cup, which is pretty disappointing for French sides. Very good for English sides. We should start there with an apology, Johnny, for missing last week. Is your fault, yeah? We... Oui. Yeah. We should start with, mate. How was Center Parks and your lack of Wi Fi? <laughs> Let us get to the root of this. I fully blame Center Parks and not my family, I should say. We had no Wi Fi all week. We were supposed to record it just to lift the curtain a little bit before I set off on Monday morning. A few issues there with guests. Not that I'm blaming them either. I take full responsibility. Uh, but yeah, no Wi Fi all week. So I apologize, Johnny. It's not your fault more importantly
1: how was center did you have a good time with family did you come back invigorated
0: energized do you want the answer that's been through the media officer is fully prepped no, or we want the truth mate it, it was dreadful no it was it the kids loved it adults just for all it's, it's worse than being at home isn't it it's more stressful
1: no you don't agree I love getting out of the house I don't know I, I like the unstructured I like getting away I like I hate being tied to the routine mm. I like breaking it again but then also kids don't sleep wherever you are they're all on it misses is stress that stresses you out there's always stress it's
0: nice to come back from day. it's nice to go away as well the one year old slept in a bathroom <laughs> that's what that was our setup. up drip drip dripping of a tap Ta- heated towel ran on all night Chinese to torture
1: death. he's sleeping 50 <laughs> degrees he's delighted no it Lesson. was very
0: Christmassy. winter wonderland a good time was had but it's a busy time of year isn't it it's Champions Cup time so it's tricky tricky for the adults Johnny <laughs> How was your week? My my week was good, mate.
1: Um, Normal. And then this weekend was here, there, and everywhere with TNT for the coverage, which was really nice. So I was down in Toulouse for Toulouse-Cardiff on Saturday in the pissing rain. And then I was at La Rochelle for La Rochelle-Leinster on Sunday in the pissing rain. <laughs> and yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Decent road trip. You forget France is a big old country, so we're in the back of the car and carting everyone around, around France. Um, but good people, good team at TNT, good to spend time with them and enjoyed the rugby. There was loads to catch up on the weekend, so it was a good weekend.
0: And we mentioned it, unprecedented weekend of success on the English side of things. On the French side, though, pretty disappointing, it has to be said. Only Toulouse and Bordeaux won out of the eight mm-hmm. sides in the Champions Cup. So what do you make of that? Because a lot was sort of made of how the English side would struggle in advance of the competition because of the issues in English club rugby and the budgets, but they didn't.
1: Yeah, they didn't. Uh, we, he'll remain nameless, but one of the coaches at one of the teams I was at the weekend came up to and he was like, bloody hell mate, rugby's an absolute state back in the UK, isn't it? It's an absolute shit show, and then everyone on to lose. So you just don't know. La Rochelle, obviously they lost, um, plenty of possession, loads of territory. But it was torrential. Like, I'm not sure if it came across that way on TV. It was absolutely appalling conditions and def- defence has ascendancy. You've got to think, Mr. Nienaber who's come in, you saw Leinster looking like South Africa, really good line speed, really good kick chase, really good press. And they were just better. They had one opportunity to score and they took it. La Rochelle, umpteen opportunities, loads of penalties in front of the sticks, kept going to the corner but couldn't convert. So look, that's disappointing for them because they, they haven't clicked all year and the chat with a few of the coaches was look, we big performance last week. All the players back in camp this week were looking good, we're looking dangerous, but then it was horrendous. Like it was absolutely horrendous conditions to play rugby. And in the end, it was a, a coin toss as to who's gonna win and what has become a modern day rivalry. Like that fixture is now something we look forward to. So difficult loss for them. They go to the Stormers this week. and yeah. they left they left on Monday as well. So they like they just packed everyone up straight after the game, jumped on the plane. Um, and, and that's not easy. So they could quite easily slip up down there as well and have nothing from their first two games. So so that was huge. And Rassing, Rassing was another epic game, man. Like four tries apiece, that could have gone either way. They could have won with the last play of the game. I think it was Dino Lamb picked up a yellow card with the last play of the game. They knocked on from the penalty that came. They still got two points from the game, though. They got, you know, losing bonus and four-try bonus. So they take something from the game and march on. Um, But yeah, it wasn't easy. There isn't the gulf... And we say a golf, like Leinster, La Rochelle, there isn't a golf. Uh, Racing against Quinns on a carpet. Racing looked a little bit defensively frail, like a couple of schoolboy errors overchasing on the inside and simple things like that, coughing up points. And they aren't a side that has the physical dominance that they once had over English sides. Um, no, like a, a big old game, a great game to watch, like real fun, because the ball's chucked around, loads of ball in play. But
0: Harlequin's like absolutely worth their win. Yes, tough to group sides together. By nation, really, because there's so many differences between all the sides. There's a couple of French sides who clearly didn't put their first choice sides out. And that was a massive contributing factor. And while they lost, equally, a lot of English sides did. And I suppose it might be later in the competition where we see French sides come into their own because they have got that greater depth.
1: Yeah, it's a weird one, though. Like you take Bayonne, for instance away to Munster and that's a you know, first time par- participating in the competition first time away to Munster written off completely before the game like nobody gave them a chance uh, way down at the break but they just showed guts character organisation like they defended extremely well throughout the second period as well and now they've got a real shot going through like, to get two points there, they've got Glasgow at home this weekend in Bayonne. They'll go full noise against Glasgow, who really struggled against Northampton. And you think Bayon now, a club that you wouldn't have really called it, have a serious chance of going through. A few other teams as well, ripped up, like Bordeaux away from home in connaught Maxime Luku looks more and more like he's going to be the number one to fill in for Anton Dupont during the Six Nations. Tatafu, the number eight they've brought in, he's an absolute monster. And they've just got that back line we talked about. I don't know, it's a strange competition this year where you can see big teams like La Rochelle potentially being written off very quickly, very early in the competition. But as we saw, you can't count anyone out because with one win or four or five points, you can still sneak through. So La Rochelle, difficult to win South Africa this week. Later on, they've still got Leicester, I think, in round three back at home. So everything's still to play for. But yeah, it's really hard to keep track. The the pools, the systems, the way it works, um, but some really interesting games Like we have no idea how they're going. Right. We'll
0: have a chat with Tomaso Allen in a minute. Uh, We might discuss a few more of those games in a bit more detail later on. And of course, look ahead to round two. But first let's find out what your meter moment of the week is, Johnny. It's
1: challenge cup, mate. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't watch the game live, but all of my old teammates have sent it through to me. Uh, (laughs) If you can catch the highlights, check out cast against Lynethley. They get it this week for an absolute world of a try. No-look passes, offloads around the back, brilliant to watch in terrible conditions. Again, we talked about the tricky conditions of other games, but this was top class in horrible weather in cast. Um, but it came from a phase of play that looked like it was going nowhere. Botito flicks it around the back. He finds Abraham Papali hanging out in the wing. He chucks a no-looker back inside to Botito. There's a theme here, like Pacific Island theme as well. Finds Nakarawa, pops it over a shoulder without looking to with Gauthier. And he somehow, on like a cut, like completely unscripted, unplanned, finds LeBron and a scissors. who so he goes under the stick. So all unstructured, no plan, all about skill set and great to watch. Um, so well done, cast. You are a meter on one of the weekend.
0: And it was ridiculous to watch. Yeah, check it out on social media or YouTube if you can. And if we've learned anything from previous weeks, is that you are maybe open to a bit of favoritism, so send your videos in and you could be meeting some yeah. over the week next week. Anytime. That was Johnny's Meter Moment of the Week. And Meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan. And you can get your hands on one at Meter.com. Plus, you can get 10% off any full price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10. And you'll get 10% off any full price item at Meter.com. Let's bring in our guests now then, and we can have a chat with a man who's not too far away from a century of caps for Italy now, and he's back in the top 14 this season after a few years away in the Premiership in URC. It's Perpignan and Italy fly half Tommaso Allen joins us. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure. I had a nice week off, which, which was needed after the World Cup and all that. So managed to get some energy back in the, in the body and then ready, ready to go for
0: the next couple of weeks. Me and Johnny could do with a bit of that, a bit of energy back in the body, couldn't we, Johnny? We sound absolutely fuck today but anyway you're <laughs> here to bring the energy i've got a hard-hitting question first before johnny cracks on what's your name is it tommy is it tommaso because we get told a different thing premiership um, international
2: well my full name is uh tommaso but uh, everybody calls me tommy
0: it's easier it's not a contractual thing we have to be called it for italy and then at club level it's tommy
2: it's tommy's easiest everybody in Italy calls me tommy anyway we'll go with tommy
0: johnny
1: i mean i don't even want to ask about rugby i want to like week off you're in london you sound like you are a croaky throat. You must have had a few <laughs> days on it as well. Like, what have you been up to? What have the holidays been like?
2: No, I actually went to... I was in Paris last week with a family. I uh, went to Disneyland. Um, so it was it was pretty good. Um, it
1: sounds like <laughs> hell. You don't have to lie to us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was it was tough, but uh, Disneyland was quite cool. Went, went, went for the little one, but mostly for me, really, just to go on all the rides. Uh, as soon as he fell asleep, I just went on all the... <laughs> the crazier rides. Me and the missus took turns, on who was going to go? So, no, it was good. Uh, enjoyed it, and then just yeah, just got into London today uh, for a for an event, and uh, yeah, meeting some mates later for for dinner, which hopefully won't be too long because uh, yeah, I've been up since three a.m. this morning, so Oof. that hence hence the croaky throat that's it's it's all, all because of that nothing else
0: you're making me feel so much better i had a week at center parks but 3 a.m and disneyland I'm, I'm all of a sudden feeling bright and breezy now
2: oh no no i need to i need to get some caffeine in me
0: as entertaining as center parks and uh disneyland is we should talk rugby you are back at perpignan this season so it's been a while does it feel like going home yeah it's
2: been it's been what 10 years now since i first joined them so it's yeah it feels like it hasn't really changed much like the city itself has got nicer uh but a lot of the staff members were the same that i that i had left i know the coaching staff has changed but i actually played with a couple of them david marty and uh and villa seca was the second row so they're both coaching now so it's yeah i'm starting to feel old now because i'm actually i'm being coached by the guys i've played with so it's uh, it's, it's awesome the, the fans have um been so welcoming to me it's been it's been been incredible the catalan crowd is pretty pretty crazy so it's nice when you're on, you're on the good books um i'm sure you guys know so it's uh no it's, it's awesome to be back i love love the city like yesterday we were just walking on the beach now i'm, I'm in london where it's freezing but there's just yeah the, the contrast of lifestyles is, is incredible and i'm loving it at the moment
1: like that's when you know you're getting old. Or creeping is when your mates become the coaches. It's, Not that. You're nearly there. 100 caps, mate. You're nearly know. there. Um, but You mentioned the town hasn't changed too much. If anything, it's improved and got a little bit brighter over time. But uh, like having been away from the top 14 and played in it for so long and the time spread apart, you must have noticed a change in the league and the quality of the top 14 generally. So in the time that you've been away and now back, what have you made of that?
2: From the fans, just the the whole spectacle of it, it's just, a, it's just a, it's like a mass. every game is a massive event. Like the whole, the whole town's there watching. Like you walk into the stadiums, flares going off. It's so good. Even when you play away from home, sold out stadiums all the time. We played in La Rochelle two weeks ago. Place was bouncing. Uh, it's, 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 it's crazy, honestly. I think after the World Cup, it's got even more uh, like, I don't know, obviously the French aren't, weren't too happy about the results and stuff, but I think it's, it's pushed the it's pushed rugby in the right direction. It's which is nice to see after so many other places at the moment is maybe going a little bit down uh, with with all the the problems going on in the in, in the world of rugby at the moment. But I think France is in its own little bubble and it's
0: it's just great to be a part of it at the moment. And you mentioned you were in the rain and the cold of London last season at Quinn. So how does that move to Perpignan come about?
2: Yeah, basically I had a chat with them
0: um early on last season. I was
2: yeah, nearing my my end 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 in time and and Harlequins, and uh, yeah, they, they had a good they had a good program. They had a good. Um, they gave me some. Uh, it, it was nice to speak to them, just like catch up on different memories and stuff. And it just felt like the right thing to do, honestly, to go to go back. I, I always wanted to go back to France. Um, like my time, my time at Queens was incredible. Like I, I think I improved so much as a player being at Harlequins, learning from so many other like great players there. Um, but I just wanted to go back to. To France and and experience the top 14 again because I missed it. It's just a a great competition to be a part of.
1: And so, mate, what's the start of the season been like? Because obviously it's been relegation battles, it's been up and down the past few seasons. Like You know what it's like, you've been in those battles before, it's not easy, but a big early win over Montpellier, sort of local rivals in the top 14, and a little bit more at ease than in years previous? Or is there still that sort of tense feeling around the club of you know it's going to be a slog, the top 14 is a marathon, and it's going to be a difficult year again?
2: Well, we you know top 14 is a tough competition. We didn't help ourselves in the first three games. Uh, we didn't get a single point when obviously all the World Cup boys were, were away. I didn't realise how many actually World Cup players we had. We had nine players in our team, um, which, yeah, didn't help obviously with the results. Um, so it started off slowly, like an unlucky loss to Poe as well at home. Where we were leading and then we just kind of slipped away. That was tens times because we had lost four in a bounce. And then luckily we 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 managed to pull a good result against Toulon at home, which kind of made us go in the right direction. Um it's it's tough because obviously it's a brand new coaching setup with Frank being there. A lot of new players. Um, everybody's getting to know each other. But speaking to the boys that were there last year as well, they just feel like we're in such a better position at the moment. Um, it's still we only played eight games now. There's still what 18 games to go or something like that. Like it's such a long season, and we know that once we click, we've got the right team to to be able to put a, a, every other team in the top 14 under pressure. At the moment, we just got to figure out how to perform away from home. Uh, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? With uh, with French rugby, um, we're not really performing away from home. When we're at home, we're, we're good. We we play really well. Uh, we had some narrow losses one against two lose away and then La shall we play so well off the first half and then second half it just i don't know what happened i just slipped um but i think if you get those things right i get a few good wins away from home and keep uh, our stadium a big fortress um we should we should be good but yes yeah, it would be good to get a couple more wins under our belts just to be a bit, a bit more at ease because at the moment with yeah with 13th montpellier's behind us but it's still a bit of a stressful period
0: and we introduced you as a fly half, but you've obviously spent a bit of time at fullback, a bit of time at fly half, as you have with Italy and then with Quins yeah. before that. And until a year or so ago, I don't think you'd played a single game at fullback, had you? So, uh-huh. how does that kind of positional switch come about? Was that a chat with the coaches at Quins and then with Italy and then with Perpignan? or?
2: Um, I think at Quins, I, I hardly played, to be honest. I think I came on for a few minutes here and there at fullback, obviously, because Marcus is playing 10, you're not going to take him off. So, you've got to kind of adapt yourself. Um, then with Italy, with the way Kieran was playing and all that, he kind of wanted two playmakers um, in 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 the team with me and Paolo. So uh, we kind of switched here and there, me playing at ten, him at twelve, or him at ten, me at fifteen. It didn't really make a difference to to the way we were playing, like it was like, like having two tens. And uh, yeah, I I enjoy it. It's it's fun playing fullback. Um, get a bit more time with the ball in hand and can help out with the the fly half as well. Like at the moment, I'm helping out Jake. McIntyre at Perpignan um, just I think having two playmakers is always uh, a big big help um, in the way a team plays um, so I think that's what we're doing at the moment uh, with Perpignan obviously I see myself more as a flight half but like I'm um, I'm happy to play at 15 if if it's for the benefit of the team and, and everything um yeah we'll see we'll see where, where we go and then We'll see with City as well in the, in the future.
1: I love playing two sided. I love playing with two playmakers. Like with Scotland, if you had Stuart Hogg that could pop up and just offer something different or two sided attack, it made it so much more difficult to contain. Like we saw, I don't know if you watched, but like Marcus Smith absolutely ripping up against Rassing at the weekend. And you played with him lots at Quinn's. So, like one like in that times of dual playmakers, what you made of playing with him? How good you think Marcus is, and if you think he's the man to lead England forward at ten?
2: Oh, I got along really well with him. Um, he's so, he's a great guy. Um, he he loves he loves rugby. Like he's he's so into like his his training re- regime and everything. He's so focused. Um, I've learned so much from him. Hopefully, he's learned a couple of things from me as well. Um, uh, I think that drop kick on the weekend was just due to me. All you, All you, all me, one hundred percent. No, but he's a he's a great guy, great player. He's still so young, but yeah, he, he carved up in the weekend some silly things. But that's what Marcus does, like week in and week out. He had a great game against Sale as well the week before. So I'm hoping. Um, I'm biased, obviously. I, I'd love to see him um, play at ten for for England, um, especially now that um, Faz is is out uh for 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 the next for the next six nations so that gives a massive opportunity to him but to the other fly offs as well in the league um to push for that number 10 spot they got there's a lot of competition uh which is which is good though for 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 england and for them to just push them forward but yeah i'd love to see him playing um i think that's actually italy england it's the first game in the six nations yeah so that could be that could be a good one
1: and mate i know you're on holiday you just mentioned they're a little bit on marcus but Watching around Europe this weekend, what games did you manage to watch and what French sides have you been really impressed by so far?
2: Um, I've watched here and there because obviously I was on holiday watching highlights and stuff. Uh, I also watched the Trivisa game just because i got a few mates playing and we're actually playing Trivisa next week. French sides, I think Bordeaux is dangerous. We played against them um, I think three weeks ago in Bordeaux. Their backline is just lethal. Like they got some so many international or French international players and they got a really big pack so I think winning away from home uh for them was a massive boost um I think they're going to be a a good team like a, a very serious contender this year uh, obviously you've got to lose all the time they, they they know how to win games and they, they they put a massive display against uh was it Cardiff I think it was wasn't it and now they got King on as well so then Ramos can play at 10 and they got a good a really good fullback to like dual playmaker as well, same as, same as what we're doing. So I think those two teams in France are going to be the ones that are really pushing for, for Europe and they'll, they'll have a big, big chance to win, I reckon as well.
0: Just on that dual playmaker role, you said it maybe doesn't make too much of a difference, but you've obviously experienced it playing at 15 with Paolo Garbisi at 10, you've, you've played 10, him at 12. Does it matter the numbers on your back? Does that? Do you have a preference whether you play with one at ten, twelve, or ten, fifteen? I think the way
2: rugby is going at the moment, it doesn't matter too much what number you've got on on your back. You've got your forwards and your backs, but like everybody moves around the field quite a lot. You'll get one guy at first receiver it's not a ten a lot of the times. Ten sitting behind the pod, so it doesn't really matter um, as long as you're using your skill set to to the right the right way. Make sure you play to your strengths and. Yeah, it's it's quite of a hybrid game at the moment, in, in my opinion. Um, obviously, you've got your position specifics. You can't really shift the prop up on the wing or whatever, but I wouldn't really want to be in that in that front line there anyway. So, um, yeah, I think it's it doesn't really matter at the moment what number you've got on your back.
1: I mean, we see plenty of boys that can interchange 10, 15, but you coming into it, and I guess being fairly new, do you have like a reference that you look to and think, okay, that boy does it, like like a Damian McKenzie, a Borden Barrett, or... Like who would you say can do that role perfectly? Like a world class fifteen that can also play ten and and vice versa. Well, I think you mentioned them honestly.
2: Um, Like Daniel McKenzie, Burden Barrett, they've they've moved around a lot, but it doesn't really change the way they play. Um, They still play to their strengths and they get the ball in the right spaces anyway. So like they would if they were playing at ten. So they're 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 very good. Um, Yeah, two very good players to look at. I think Ramos as well is doing really well at the moment. Um, he's playing a lot of ten now because obviously Intermax is injured, uh, but he's interchanging very well, and he's—I think—he's a class player. He's played so well for the last two years. So yeah, it's—I think those three players are the ones to look at if you, yeah, if you want to learn a bit about the the hybrid and and how to how to change positions and still be effective.
0: And obviously, he did it a bit for England at the World Cup. Could you see Marcus Smith starting at fullback for England with George Ford at ten? Could you see that? working or do you see him as a yeah, 10? I
2: think, I think it could be a possibility but I think Marcus is more of a 10 um, he's, he's more dangerous um, at 10. The more touch, touches he has on the ball the, the better it is um, I think you need someone like him just to manage the game and, and push the team in the right direction um so I'm not even sure if he would want like if he would want to play or not at fifteen. Um I think he sees himself as a as a ten. I see now when he whenever uh Jared Evan comes on for Quinn's, he he goes to fifteen though. So yeah, it, it could be a, a, a possibility, but obviously I I'd see him more as, as a fly half.
0: And you see yourself as a fly half, but when you arrive at perping on and, and you spend a bit of time at fullback with Jake at 10. Is that a conversation you have with the coaches or do they just literally say this is the team, as you say, it doesn't really matter what numbers on your back, go out there?
2: Yeah, I think it's a conversation that you always have with the coaches. Obviously, you want to play in your preferred position, but I know Frank wants um, some stability as well at the moment with, with how things are going. And he likes having, obviously, two playmakers that can bounce off each other. And he's always said to me, like, if you find yourself at ten go for it like you're, you're world-class 10 so just play with your instinct anyway so it doesn't really matter what it is um, we're just trying to we're just trying to win a few game, if few a few more games now and just like as as long as we, we get some good results then we can just keep going forward and it doesn't honestly it doesn't matter what, what number we got in the back of your jersey
1: how would you describe
2: frank as a boss mate I, I like him a lot he's uh he's very too like straight to the point um he doesn't really beat around the bush Uh, But he's got a really good IQ as well, I think. And rugby IQ, I think he's been to New Zealand to learn a little bit um, from from the coaches there, which says a lot. You wouldn't see, I think you wouldn't see many French coaches do that, which says a lot about the the person he is and how he wants to improve. And um, he's also really good at player management. Um, I've spoken to him a lot, even when I was away and during the World Cup. Um, have, a, have a good relationship with him. So no, I'm re- I'm really happy and I think he's got a really good plan going forward um, for the next three or four years with Perpignan. So yeah, as long as we can keep battling it out and, and then obviously stay up, stay up in the top 14, I think it's going to be a bright future for, for this team.
0: You mentioned the World Cup there. We've got to talk about it briefly. It always looked like a tall order in that pool with France and New Zealand. Obviously a big disappointment, particularly how those two games panned out but have you had a chance to reflect on why they in particular went so wrong? Because people were talking up Italy's these chances, not necessarily of beating France and New Zealand, but you'd put in such good performances before that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, we've kind of maybe talked too much about it. Um, might have anger, angered the All the Blacks a little bit. Um, there's a lot of talk during the week and stuff. Um, and obviously they had their backs against the wall as well, because they, if they had lost that game, they would have been out of the World Cup. So, it was something that they've never really experienced and and you could see that what a class team they were that came out firing after that. Um honestly I think yeah we struggled in our breakdowns a lot. Um we were we're we a team that wants to play quick ball and I think both the French and and the All Blacks kind of slowed down our breakdown a lot. And then in the set piece we weren't functioning too well um, especially against New Zealand we lost quite a lot of lineouts and a lot of our own scrums as well um and if you do that international rugby you're not really going to get anywhere um but we'll learn from it I think it's still a good experience for, as a very young team in Italy like I think that they're doing so well at the moment in the in the club teams like tribus is doing really well and so zebra honestly they they've they've had a really good start even if they haven't won too many games they've, they've actually been competing really really well which would create a lot of more a lot more confidence I reckon for for the six nations and I think that for the following years as well. So I think there's a bright, bright future.
1: Mate, they've improved massively. The two provinces have been superb. Yeah. The other thing to watch out for is the under-20s. Like the boys coming through and the performances they've had against England, knocking over big sides regularly. It's all really positive. But at the top level, what, what do you think it is like the next step that's required for Italy to be knocking over sides regularly in the six nations because everything seems to be pushing in a positive sense i think
2: it's yeah it's tough when it, when, it, when you've only got two provinces um two teams that, that feed into the, the national team really so like if you're under 20s player if you don't get picked up by those two teams then you're kind of left stranded a little bit um that's why i am hoping that more players will go overseas have have those experiences overseas whether it's france england scotland wherever like just just get some more experiences just then they can come back a better play and then they can actually improve the the setup because yeah like you said the under 20s is, is doing so well but like even with Treviso now they've got such a big squad at the moment um with such quality players that maybe those under twenty players aren't going to get much of a chance at the moment so it's just trying to find a way even if it's not in italy just to get as much experience playing at the highest level as possible
0: and I know it isn't the case in lots of countries like England, for example, but that's something that is encouraged in Italy for players to go abroad, play all around the world, and then still come back and be picked by the national team. Kieran Crowley was very keen on it, very open about it. And, and he thought that was a good thing. Obviously you all know the whole world knew that Kieran Crowley was leaving after the world cup. So how. Was that obviously it probably didn't affect the result against New Zealand or against France, but was it a slightly odd situation where you'd have this period where you had been building and building and building and you'd had some really good performances, really good results as well. And then the world cup where you were supposed to be aiming for you, you all of a sudden know your boss is leaving.
2: Yeah, it was a weird one, honestly. Um,
0: uh,
2: Yeah, Kieran told us before it got announced that that was the case. So I think we found out in May that that was happening. Um, Just so we wouldn't be too shocked hearing the news during during camp, that's when it actually came out. We were in in camp, but he was he was like super professional about it. Like rugby is a business at the end of the day, so the things things happen that you can't really control, um, and you just got to move on with it. And our sole focus was the World Cup and and doing something to to make him proud as well, because he's done so much for Italian rugby, not just for Italy, but for Treviso, building the years prior to that. Um, he, he's done. He's done so much. He's, I think he's created a really good DNA for for Italy to to follow. Uh, we'll see now what happens with uh, with Casada uh, as well. If he wants to follow that or implement his own uh, structures, um, I think they've had actually Italy had a camp today um, with the Italy-based players. Uh, I think it was just more like a presentation thing and all that. But yeah, that will be interesting to see. Um, I think he's, I think Casada uh, can bring a lot as well. I've heard really good things about him. From Stade Français and and the Jaguars as well, so I think uh, it'll be it'll be good. We 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 need to improve a couple of things for sure, especially in our own half. If we can get that right and keep our attack the way it is, I think yeah, we can we can be very dangerous.
1: And when you say that, I'm guessing your own half is just overplaying in your own third, right? That would be the one yeah. thing or the criticism that would be levelled at Italy was actually in the middle third. You played some terrific rugby, but. I'd imagine, and I've been there myself as a player, you're exhausted. If you try and play out of your 22 and it doesn't go right, you cough ball up and you have to defend in your red zone. Or if you get to the halfway line, you just had to work through multi phase, 40 phases to get there. So, like, it's never easy. It's almost like pie in the sky thinking. So, like, I agree with you. If Italy can get that balance right and play the brand of rugby that you were playing under Gonzalo, because again, the way that he got Stad Francais playing, like, it was attractive, like, really good to watch organized. Um, so yeah I hope that I agree with you I hope that changes and you mentioned Gonzalez I wanted to ask you like if you had any conversations with him because he's meant to be tremendous on the sort of human side of working with people and empowering players as a camp going on just now but has he been reaching out to foreign players yet or is it a bit too early? Yeah
2: no he reached out to me um, last week just to see how I was getting on um, I think I'll I'll have a catch up with him in the, in the near future um, before Christmas hopefully I'm sure he wants to come to to the south of France as well to experience that lifestyle a little bit, so I'm, um, um, yeah. Hope, hopefully, we can catch. I can catch up with him and, and see how what what is thinking behind, his his uh, philosophy and everything is, and it'll be, just be nice to, to have a catch up and get to know each other a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about it about him. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a good new year, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like like you said, we yeah, we played way too much in our half. I think that's how we lost those. Two or three games last year in the Six Nations that we probably should have won it's just because we played too much, too much rugby in our own half.
0: One more on international rugby before we go back to Perpignan, because Johnny's got a vested interest. They in want me to ask this: You're basically Scottish, right? You played under twenty for Scotland. Your dad's Scottish. Why yeah. are you not playing for Scotland? What went <laughs> wrong?
2: Well, um, yeah, I, I've done all the age grade with Scotland. Um, I, I I went. I, I got funneled through through London Scottish because I was living in like close to London at the, at the moment. It's, it's always a tough one I, I was I was born in Italy I was raised in Italy I've always felt more Italian I've got all my family in Italy My dad's side of the family is actually actually all lives in South Africa um because that's where they were brought up um, for pretty much their whole lives so uh, I'm really proud of my Scottish heritage um like it's whenever I go to Murrayfield or play against Scotland it's it's always a, an incredible honor even hearing the anthem. Like uh, I'm not gonna obviously sing it, but I'll, I'll hum it you, in, you in my head. You can,
1: nobody judge.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll ham it in my head and stuff. It's it's always incredible, honestly. Like I, I owe so much to to Scotland and and the age Grade setup um, for for what they've done to me. But it, it just felt like the right thing to do um, at the time when I when I when I got asked when I when I first joined Perpignan when I was 20 years old. They they did to came straight away and they were like like. We wanted you to play for Italy. Uh, today what, what would you what would you say and I, and I i didn't really hesitate i just said yeah 100 i'm i'm all for it and i don't regret it uh whatsoever um i've got so many friends in scotland uh, that I've, I've played with and i'm playing against and it's always it's always it's always a, a good time playing against scotland or the scottish clubs because yeah you can you can play against your mates which is awesome
1: which is your age bracket like who did you come through the under 20 ranks with uh, well Johnny Gray Ali
2: Price um Finn was was there obviously he's a year older than me um but we played in the same team for for one year uh Jenny Batty um who else I don't want to be missing out Mark Bennett was there as well um there's a fair, fair, few, fair few players are, are doing very Sam, Sam Hidalgo Klein as well he's at true now he was in, in my in my age grade so I think we, we had a pretty good we had a pretty good uh, team
0: George Turner as well. Yeah, that sounds like a really good Scotland of the 20th generation, giant. Not like the one now. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But
1: no, mate, I was going to say it sounds like quite a good drinking team as well. That sounds like <laughs> the initiations would be good. Yeah. I want to ask you about one boy in particular who, again, we want to know where he's going to end up, but just how impressive he is to be working in week in, week out, is Posolo Tuolagi. Young guy, yeah. like what, two metres, 140 kgs, and an absolute monster. So just how good is he going to be?
2: Yeah, he's he's incredible. To to make me feel even older, uh, he showed me a picture uh, when I I think it was 2014 when I was playing with his with his dad, and then we won against gen away, and it's a picture of us celebrating in the changing room, and he's there, in the in the huddle next to us, and he's like tiny, he's like he's like 12, not tiny, he was still bigger than me probably. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, still 100 he kgs. Was, yeah, but he was like 12 years old, 11 years old or something, and I was just that made me feel even older. Obviously playing with him now. But hes yeah he's, he's just a natural monster. like you can see like whenever he carries the ball, there's three or four players have to tackle him, and he still gets, gets go forward. like it's, it's crazy, honestly. like I, I haven't seen something like that in a long time. It's pretty scary it's, pretty, it's nice having him in the team like with me, but it's pretty scary thinking that he might be playing for France in the, in the Six Nations. Um, him and uh, Miafu as well that's a that's a very heavy second row pairing um so yeah hopefully if if we do play against each other i'll just tell him to just keep it easy on me because yeah he's he's just and he chases like he just loves chasing box kicks so like you've seen it there's a few times in the highlights and stuff a and number nine is just put a box kick up and he'll put himself instead of a winger and just chase it and just smash whoever catches that ball it's just, it's crazy. And they love him in Perpignan, obviously. So hopefully we can keep him from as long as possible. But I'm sure he's uh, he's got a lot
0: of eyes looking at him at the moment. Absolutely. You don't think this Six Nations will be too soon? He's ready for international rugby.
2: I don't think it's too soon, honestly. Um, I know now with, uh, they've lost Taffy Fanua as well. Um, there is some space in, in, the, in the second row. So he, he'd be a good, um, a good, uh, yeah, a good replacement, 100%. Um, obviously, uh, I'm not sure now if the top 14 goes on during the Six Nations or, or what. I think it does. So obviously, for Perpignan, it's probably <laughs> they probably want to keep him. But at the same time, like if you play for your country, it's it's the biggest honor you can have. So uh, for him, I hope so. He's he's still got a, lot, a few things to learn, but he just he's only started playing professional rugby last year with a with a senior team. So uh, there's there's so much he can achieve. I reckon.
1: Mate, I can't wait. His debut is going to be France against Italy. He's going to box kick (laughs) and go up. You're going to be at (laughs) fullback.
2: I'll just let it it go somewhere.
0: Who wants it? Who wants it? Let it bounce. Just let it bounce. Exactly. Let it bounce. And you mentioned a bit earlier, Perpignan away at your old Club Benetton this week. You're on holiday and you're in London now. The week after that, you've got an enormous top 14 game at home to buy on. So it's a tricky balance for all for all clubs, but particularly top 14 clubs, to get that one right, you will obviously have a head on Bayon as well. But how do you see both of those two games going?
2: Yeah, obviously, after the loss this weekend against the Lions, um, now we're getting away to Treviso. It's going to, yeah, obviously, you want to go and, and, and give, it, give it your all. But at the same time, yeah, we need to think about what the priorities are as well. We've got a massive game against Bayonne. Um, we, we're definitely going to um, go for, for Treviso as well, for sure. I reckon in the back of the minds of a few uh, of the boys and, and the staff maybe as well. The it's gonna be that Bayonne game, especially because it's a six day turnaround from um from the Treviso game. So uh, it's massive. Um it's a home game for us. Like I said, like, we played really well at home. We need to win all our home games from now on. And Bayonne have been playing very well. They're they're a very dangerous team. So yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But we're 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 excited for it. We we can't wait pre-Christmas as well. It'll be a, a, a good send-off send off for for the holidays.
0: Um, I think everybody gets a couple of days off after that. So
2: it'll be good if you, if you get that win under our belt so we can enjoy Christmas a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on, Tommy, and
1: good luck. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Enjoy London tonight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Not see, too I'll much. Probably
2: in, I'll probably be in bed by like 9 a.m. 9 p.m. or something. <laughs> 9
1: a.m. You yeah. said 9 a.m. <laughs> first. I'll take your first answer.
2: <laughs>
0: Enjoy, Cheers mate. Tommy, Cheers, Tommy.
1: Cheers.
2: Thanks a lot, I appreciate it Cheers guys
0: Tommy, Tommaso, whatever you want to call him a good guy, a good talker and um, clearly delighted to be back at sort of
1: home I guess Yeah, I wish I was in London all I could think of was London I'd like, You'd be <laughs> having a great time tonight um, Yeah, great to have him on a uh, sort of boy that obviously knows the Prem he knows URC rugby he knows international rugby and Mate, he loves the top 14 and he kind of hit the nail on the head. He's just like every single week, the atmosphere, the vibe you get in different towns. um, He loves it. So it's great that he's comfortable back in Perpignan, different coaching staff. You hope for them that it goes a little bit easier than it has done because the past couple of seasons, like, it's, it's tough going. So you hope for them that they can win their next few home games, build a bit of confidence. And yeah, who knows where they're going to end up. Montpellier, below them, you've got Oyunab, Bayonne ahead of them. It's tricky but um, that's why we love it.
0: i very honest as well about Italy. I mean, everyone could see what happened at the World Cup, but he was open about the fact that Kieran Crowley told them ahead of time. He obviously didn't want to go, and, and it was weird for them at the World Cup. There was a lot of talk in the week leading up to the all Blacks game, and the all Blacks can beat anyone on their day like that.
1: Yeah, they got absolutely battered. Um, I don't know. It's quite. I think quite a lot has been made of the Crowley chat, but if you think about any club scenario, everybody knows when the contract expires. Everyone knows you're on a cycle. You're always together for either a season, two seasons or a World Cup. It might just be three months, five months if you give the prep. Um, So I don't know that. I think they made some good strides. They just fell apart, basically, at the World Cup, which was quite hard to watch. Like I didn't enjoy Italy. Didn't enjoy watching Italy play against New Zealand. I thought that was cruel. But I also agree with the little bits that were maybe naive. You mentioned that, playing out their own 22, overplaying their hand, overstressing themselves and becoming exhausted by the time you get to the halfway line. So if they can switch those little things and Casada's no mug, I think they will. And I think they will be slightly better placed come Six Nations time. So no, excited for him moving to fullback for both club and country. And hopefully things will be slightly more positive on
0: both suits over the next couple of months. Right. we we'll are look ahead to round two of the Champions Cup shortly, but a few games we didn't touch on. Blair King, Horn, Johnny. That went well.
1: It was outrageous. I'm delighted for him as well, because obviously Scottish boy coming over, he didn't know what was happening. He said, I bumped into him after the game and we did chats for TNT, but he was just like, everything went so quickly. Mate, he arrived in the country on Tuesday, started the game, scored two tries, got absolutely mobbed by his teammates, had the whole of Ernest Wallon chanting, King, Horde, King, Horn. Like, it doesn't get much better. And the cool bit about it was after the game, just seeing his reaction. So up close, and then we could chat off camera. He was just absolutely cheesing. And his question to me was, mate, is it like this every single week? Because if it is, this is mega. Like, do you know what I mean? He's like, I've signed two and a half years. I'm straight off the plane. I've just scored on my debut at home. We've just absolutely crucified Cardiff, who, again, like really young side in transition. But he just got his first taste of what it's like to be part of potentially one of the biggest clubs on the planet and to be there and know it's going to be like that your game day experience is going to be like that for the next two and a half years you're going to be on the front foot with Toulouse and you're going to be having fun so really cool for him just incredible to see his reaction um which was really nice and yeah wish him all the best great signing for Toulouse
0: what was your answer when he asked you that you said I've never scored two tries on my debut for Toulouse I don't know
1: no, I was like I, I I don't know what you're talking about mate this is completely novel I'm just happy to be here um it, what No, the, the atmosphere bit is the nice bit, is that you can share the fact that it is like a carnival every single... doesn't matter what crowd you go to, if it's Cast, if it's Perpignan, if it's Oyana, wherever you are, it's bonkers. And that's, that's the cool bit for a player is the atmosphere that you get to be a part of and feed off as a player in the top 14, I think, is the best in the world. So that was what he was feeling for the first time. I and mean, you could see he was like a kid at Christmas,
0: just before Christmas, um, which was really nice to see. Leon had some superstars on show, but they also had some youngsters on show, a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. They very nearly won away at Bristol, scored a load of unanswered points in the second half, but lost at the death to a Callum Sheedy drop goal. Stade Francais, real mixed bag with the games they've had in the past few weeks and the ones they've got coming up. They're going to go with a stronger side, according to Paul Gustard this weekend, but they lost fairly comfortably away at Sale. The one that did put out a a strong side and and lost that we haven't talked about was Toulon. And that would have been a shock to some losing to Exeter.
1: Yeah, uh, well, Toulon, like three-time winner, like th- three on the trot. It's no longer that team, right? It's like the Munster. Like everyone in Bayonne was talking about going to Munster, and you're no longer playing against that generation that was golden era. Uh, and Toulon's kind of the same. I still look at them as going through transition, not really settled. They don't. They aren't splashing the cash as they were. They're not blowing people off the field with huge budget and and ridiculous signings and they're still finding their feet. So that being said, their budget is still considerably larger than Exeter who've been stripped back to not spare parts, but to youth. Like a lot of that side is youth, but what you can't replace is the diligence and coaching, their structure, how they fight for each other. And they might've had a slight physical advantage too long, but external mugs, like they've won this competition. They might've had more firepower in the past, but Allow them to hold the ball. They had one lucky intercept try, which sort of offset things in the first period, but they worked their way back into the game. They were good. And Toulon weren't able to back them and bury them the way they used to be able to so easily. Um, worrying for them as well, losing Baptiste Saran, dislocated shoulder. How long is that going to be? Is that going to require an operation? We'll find out more this week. Ben White will have to step up. We've had him on recent weeks, top class player. He will now start the whole way through to the Six Nations. So it's a good run of games for him. But yeah, that's a big loss at home for Toulon. Now, where do they go? Away to Northampton, who actually look good in Glasgow. But the question is, do they have enough firepower away from home? What kind of side will they take? Do they want to get through? Are they going to prepare for the top 14? We'll wait and see. But
0: that's it. Losing at home first up to Exeter is a big blow. And You mentioned that Munster aren't the sort of European giants that they were when Ron Nogara was there and winning European Cups. But they did win the URC last season and they are they still a good side I don't think anyone expected Bayern to go there and get a draw so how did they do it? Mate they were great and again completely written off but their moles was a
1: fantastic weapon like Patat since he's come in has got them organised they defended really well they didn't fold that's the other thing Like a Bayern side would have gone there previously and gone down maybe at half time and sort of given up but the pride in the way they play, a few extra players coming and adding a little bit of a point of difference as well. Apritzidze, the Georgian scrum half. we haven't seen much of him. He's sort of making his mark now after the World Cup. He set up a great try down the blind side for Remy Baje. Look, they're just set up well. They're difficult to break down defensively, they're solid, and they've got a few weapons. They managed to fire shots. So that for me was potentially one of the results of the weekend. Like for Bayon to go away from home with a mixed 15, really and draw
0: with Munster um, in that type of environment was phenomenal. Yeah, nobody wins at Toman Park in Europe, really. And for Bayern to go there and get a draw, epic. Um, Round two, there are some big ones, as you'd expect. We mentioned earlier on La travelling to South Africa. They they need a win, really, don't they?
1: They do, mate. They need a win, they need it bad. Um, And that that's not an easy task. Like flying on the Monday, getting to South Africa, essentially acclimatising them, doing a team run. And they probably won't be full of... It's really weird, Matt, because they're so full of firepower. It's obviously difficult not having Rog there in the change rooms as well. At the weekend, he'll be back this week. But you've got to think there's got to be a little bit of a lack of confidence from, in previous seasons, everything being so easily. They've just put it into third gear and they've been able to walk over people, whereas for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be clicking. But given the way Rog thinks, given the way he operates, I expect him to problem solve. He's got the physical pieces to go and do some damage. Um, are they going to beat the Stormers this weekend? I'm not sure. I think that's a really tough task to go down there and win. The South African sides in this competition don't lose too often at home at all. So that'll be really difficult for them. Ulster against Rassing. Another really interesting one. Rassing losing at home, but picking up those two points their way to Ulster. Ulster haven't looked exceptional so far in this competition or in the URC either. So that could be a different way of them going and picking up some points on the road. I'm really looking forward to Quinns against Toulouse. sure, Joué. Oh, I'm just like, it's two sides that you love to watch, right? Quinns, they love to throw the ball around. Toulouse as well, probably have a little bit too much firepower for Harlequins, but Quinns are great with the ball, right? So if they manage to retain some, that could be a proper battle. The one, weirdly, that I'm looking forward to most, I'm going to go down the road, have a beer. The Johnny Beattie Derby. <laughs> I'm going to catch up with all my <laughs> mates. Uh, I'll take a flat, I'll wear half a shirt, I'll wear my shorts for one and one my socks for the other, but buy on against Glasgow Friday night. I'll be on TNT as well. Um, really looking forward to that. Glasgow, the point to prove after being rolled against Northampton at home. But I reckon buy on, mate, are, are going to be too strong. Um, I reckon Naturia, Cami Lopez, all these guys will be back leading from the front before they go to Perpignan the week after. And that's a real shot at them potentially going through and making the round of 16. If they beat Glasgow, there's a big chance of them going through. So looking forward to that one, uh, not working at it. So just going to go and enjoy a beer before setting off and doing some other games that weekend. So no, some class games coming up. Thanks, Johnny.
0: Enjoy your Friday night in Bayonne. Sounds good, that.
1: It will be. I don't know what time it's going to finish. And I've got to be... (laughs) 9am
0: like Tomasos.
1: Maybe, but I've got to be in Bordeaux uh, for their game on the Saturday then up to Paris for their game Stade Francais
0: on the Sunday so look it's going to be a busy weekend mate but I'm looking forward to it it should be class another busy weekend coming up thanks Johnny big thanks to Tommaso Allen for joining us and thanks to all you guys for listening make sure you hit subscribe leave us a nice review if you can check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube and we'll be back with another episode next week au revoir Johnny cheers mate bye